Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Hey guys, we are so happy you're joining us tonight for Soul Summit night number two. How many of you are ready for, what's a Soul Summit? I, where do I come up with this stuff? A summit on transforming your soul, Amen. I, I'm telling you, last night was powerful. Go back, listen to it. We're going to continue right where we left off and get right in this word. How many of you know we've been in 21 days of transformation? So number one, I know you guys have been pressing. It's Thursday and Sunday's coming, amen? Praise the Lord, Breakthrough Sunday. And I want you to get excited because I really, um, it's funny, I just was really feeling that word too just uh, yesterday. Um, for this Sunday for Breakthrough. It's going to be powerful in the building. It's going to be a great move of God. How many of you are excited about bringing your first fruit to the Lord? I'm telling you, we've been praying. We've been fasting. We're getting ready to give. And um, I want you to know that whatever you separate to God, we're going to talk about that today. Because um, I really want you to know, and I believe this would, um, all my heart, I was talking to somebody too about this just the other day, about how faithful God's been in the past because you're sowing your seed for your future, amen? God is so good. And um, your first fruit is so important, your gift to God, because it's, it's not only honoring God, it's not only about an expected harvest, it's about really, really putting God first. So we're excited about it. But I'm excited about Soul Summit right now, and we've been talking about practical principles for me and you to not only just renew the soul, you know what I mean? or to renew your mind, and to really, you know, the Bible says, he restoreth, we're going to use that scripture, he restoreth my soul. What's that mean? You know, and we know we're a spirit being, we have a mind, a will, and emotions, we live in a body, we have a lot of communicating in this area, but what I really, why we had this summit um, this month was because I really feel like we spend a lot of time thinking that our spirit needs something, but your spirit doesn't need anything. You know, you're perfect in spirit, and your soul just needs a little renewing. And, you know, your soul's good. I mean, I think sometimes what happens is they think like, oh, my God, you know, it's all bad. No, the, the flesh, the flesh lusts against the spirit. This is contrary one to another. That's what the Bible says. So there's conflict in the arena of the soul and the spirit because the soul has to transform. You see what I'm saying? But, you know, in your soul's good stuff, and I don't want to complicate it. It's going to be really good. I want, I'm going to teach it. And then once you see it, I think you'll get it. Like, oh, I get it. It's just really about me going back to the place where God wanted me to originally start. And that's exactly right. God wants me and you to be back in that Eden-like condition that he had planned for us. But the fallen man came in. Some man's soul got messed up because of sin. And now because we've been born again, we could basically not only um, just become restored, but we could refresh ourselves to the revelation of who we are in Christ through, through these realities, and then we could transform our thinking to allow what God has done spiritually to affect our future. So it's really good stuff. It's going to be awesome, and I know some of you are excited about giving, and we're going to give, and I'm going to tell you um, why we're talking about first fruit. The term first fruit was initially mentioned in the book of Exodus, when Moses was leading God's people out of captivity in Egypt. 
God instructed the Israelites to give up the first of their crops so they could understand the value of God's blessing. And that is really powerful because that's why we do it. Whenever you decide to make a first fruit offering, it's important that you do it freely and with no guilt or obligation. And that is really cool. Somebody um, just texted me the other day. It was kind of cool. They were like, hey, do I got to give this? I was like, no, what you do is you pray and you ask God, what, what do you, what, um, what would you want me to give? And then you kind of really just move forward with it. So I think your first fruit, you have to understand, it's a free, I'm going to give you some points. It's a free will offering. Amen? That's why during these 21 days, I want to just seek God about your seed because I don't know what you need this year, but he does. Amen? Ain't that true? Right? It's a celebration of all that God has done for you, and it's basically a kind of worship that you give God through giving. It's really cool, right? And I love this scripture. Hebrews eleven sixteen. I was I was telling you guys yesterday, some of you maybe wasn't here, but I was at um and some of you'll know what I'm talking about, some of you won't. I was at somebody's house, I'm not gonna mention names, but they had a, they got this plaque on their wall, you know, and I, I was at the chilling in their office, and as I looked up, I was like, I seen like a a a a, a, don, a denomination, like a hundred dollar bill. And the $100 bill was a real $100 bill, but it was ripped. Like, it was real, like a full-size hundred. I should have brought a hundred, right? And show you what I was talking about. A full-size hundred, and then it was broken off like a sliver of it. You could see the gap. You knew it was torn, and it was there. And that scripture was there, Romans eleven sixteen. I was like, what's Romans eleven sixteen say? You know what I mean? Because I, I wanted to know. I was like, what does that mean? And it says, for if the first fruit be holy... The lump is also holy, and if the root is holy, so are the branches. And that scripture was there, and I got it. It was like a percentage of the actual green money was torn off. And just say like, so say I gave you that percentage. Like say out of that hundred, I gave you like a quarter of that bill and said, here, this is yours. Well, it belongs to this. So if I give that rip part to God and go, here you go, if it came out of that, it's all, come on, somebody, holy. So whatever you separate to give to God out of your finances, that's why you should give God everything you got. God out of your finances, amen, it blesses everything else. So when you look at a first fruit offering, you're kind of doing the same thing. You're like, all right, God, what do you want me to give? And I just talked to a business guy the other day, last week, and, and he said to me, He's, we were talking about these principles, and I said, listen, if your co company or your life's going to go to a whole new level, what you do is as you see God and say, God, what do you want me to give? And you literally pledge it. You know what I mean? Like say, I don't know, say God tells you to give, give a mount. That's like, it's huge for you. As you say, say God tells you, I don't know, a bunch of money, right? Say 50 grand or something, you know. 60, 100 grand, whatever, or something, whatever. I'm just giving you numbers, right? You could say, oh, here's $1,000 to that $50,000, I'm going to sow. Once that money moves forward to be God and you seal a vow with God, he's going to bring the rest of it in because he calls it all holy. And you do your, you see, you do it. Right? I don't want to blow you out, but I want you to get it. So if you took 100, say God tells you to give 100 bucks, right? If you take five bucks and get it going, the, whole, the rest of it's coming. So don't get, don't get concerned with what God has to produce. 
You just be faithful to hear and get this thing started. That's the most important thing you can do because that's the whole principle. The principle is that God's trying to take you to a brand new financial um, arena. Maybe you've never been before. And one of the things is um, the reasons that it is because he wants you to be a blessing to others. Now, your faith is going to affect other people that don't have faith for finances yet. Man, that's that's a really strong statement, but a lot of times people don't have the level of faith for finances that they need to have and needs arise in other people's lives, not just in the church, all over. Somebody just the other day said to me, man, I gave, um, I gave somebody a lot of money. It was, it was, it was more than 10 grand. It was, it was like 15, almost $15,000. Somebody came to me and said, hey, I had to do something and I had this extra money and God told me to give it to this missionary guy. I was like, man, that's awesome. I got excited, you know, because imagine this guy's a missionary. He, he, don't, he don't know where it's coming from. They can't be working and doing certain things on the mission field. And they put it in and sow the seed, man. Imagine what that does. Now, that doesn't mean that missionary doesn't have faith. But you know what I'm saying. You need extra so you can meet the needs of others. And then a lot of things we do are benevolence things, right? Like we prosper so we could feed the homeless. Amen? We do that every Monday. You guys are feeding the homeless, doing great. So everything has an, uh, um, I don't want to say it like a, a reciprocating principle, but it really does. So you might just be an end-time financier or whatever it is, but you just need to know your first fruit is going. So how do I give my first fruit offering? Well, pray, prepare, and prioritize. And I love that. That was the other day, right? You got to pray about it. You got to prepare. You know what I mean? You got to be prepared, man. And you got to prioritize it. God, I'm going to pray. This is the number you gave me. I got the number I got. Now I'm going to prioritize it. I'm going to prepare it, and I'm going to prioritize. I'm going to make sure that I get this motion going forward. So I'm telling you, man, I think breakthrough in the arena of your finances is huge because just as much as Jesus died on the cross, just as much as he healed your body, he wants you to prosper. Praise the Lord. So we got four powerful ways for you to give here. Amen. They're on the screen. You can find them right there. Number one, you could text give 386-968-1103. You could give relevantfl.org slash giving. And, of course, you could what? Cash apps, dollar sign, relevantfl. It's right there. So I want to pray over your seed. So hold your seed in your hand. And this is your, now you tithe and you give it an offering right now. Whatever God is leading you to do, you do it. Because how many of you know the only way to get to another place of wealth is following an instruction? It's the only way to get there. Somebody's got to give you an instruction, and you follow the rules of instruction, and it will bring you to the place of wealth. And this is the cool thing about money. God, the only place in the Bible God said, prove me. See if I won't open up a window of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Power to get wealth is in your hands. So get, get wealth and lay up generational wealth. Don't just lay up wealth for you. Lay it up for your kids, 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 kids. You know what I mean? Just make sure you follow the plan. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for each and every person sowing at the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord, not only you're going to meet their needs, not only are you going to bring them a blessing, not only are you going to bring them increase, not only are you going to bring them a financial future of a great success, you're going to show them your faithfulness. And when you reveal your faithfulness to them, Lord, and you reveal the blessing and the power of the blessing, you're going to bring them to a whole other place of increase like they've never seen before. So, Father, right now, we thank you for what you're doing. We release the opportunity of increase. I thank you, Lord, for the church. I thank you, Lord, for as they're preparing 
for even first fruit and as they're sowing seeds today and we're preparing for Sunday, I thank you, Lord, that you're speaking to the body. You're speaking to the partners. You're speaking to the members and you're revealing to them your greatest plan you have for their financial future. Thank you, Lord, to have ears to hear, hearts to understand, and obedience to fulfill it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, glory be to God. Look at this. I like this. I want you to look at this. Psalm 139, 14. Psalm 139, 14. We've been talking about the position of the soul. Now, one of the things I want to talk to you about, and we're going to look at this in the Psalms in a minute, but you can look at it right now if you want. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Right? We all you love that scripture. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Ain't that cool? My soul knoweth right well. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Praise the Lord. Marvelous are the works. Praise God. But my soul knoweth right well. What's that mean? So my soul, my soul, now I, 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 I want to build this again because you never know who's watching and who's hearing this today and who's paying attention. Okay, you have to understand this. The three-part being of man is very, very important. Number one, we have to know that man is a spirit. You are a spirit, okay? And in knowing that you're a spirit being, it's in your spirit that you contact God. Knowing that you have a will, an emotions, and a mind, a soul, lets you understand that you can touch intellect, reason, thoughts, ideas, suggestion, okay? You're not robotic in that you don't have free will. The problem with free will was before the fall, it was kind of just in a place of obedience. After the fall, it was in a place of rebellion. So it's dangerous to follow free will that has not been submitted to the word of God. And body is kind of like where you, you touch your sense realm in a sense like you have the feel realm like of the emotions, but it's where you contact the earth. So really because your earth suit is your body, you contact the earth that you live in. You have intellect and reasoning, and there's nothing wrong with a mind, and there's nothing wrong with emotions, and there's nothing wrong with a soul. The problem is a soul untrained by the word of God is dangerous. There's nothing wrong with having love and joy and peace and all the good fruit. And ain't nothing wrong with having uh, desire. You know, you might desire something somebody else doesn't desire, you know. And that's okay. All that soulish realm is, is phenomenal because your spirit, you got to realize something. Your reborn spirit also has a voice of, of life, health, peace, because you're not the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit lives in your born-again spirit. Amen? And that is where you contact God. So you have a brand-new spirit. Amen? Your old stony heart was taken out. The brand-new you is in there. The new you is the spirit you. And now you got a mind, a will, and emotions. All these things are trying to be navigated and um, articulated and try to figure it out. And if you're not careful, you can get confused as what is speaking when. That's why we said in Hebrews, I'm going to give you this, you can look at Hebrews 4 and 12, but remember we read it, and then we'll read it in the Amplified in a minute, but let's just read it in the King James just first. 
for the word of God is quick and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and is a discern of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So I want you to look at this. It what it divides asunder the soul and spirit. So that means your soul and your spirit are highly connected. And the only way to divide them is through the word of God. So when the word of God shows up, it shows you what side you're kind of leaning on. And the word of God shows you how to connect it. Now that's a powerful statement. Let me explain that. Okay. When the word of God, what do you mean the word of God? Well, if you're in a position right now um, and, and the spirit of God says, you're well, but your body says you're sick, right? You're feeling it. You got the symptoms. Now, we, have, we go to doctors. You know, we're not weird, but you understand what I'm saying. But you got to believe for divine health. Once that word by his stripe shows up, it either pulls you in, see what I'm saying, to agreement, or it separates you. It's a dividing factor. Rejection is in the soul, and if your soul starts rejecting, what spiritually has been done for you, you cannot change your position in the earth. Really important. So what am I supposed to do? I need to renew my mind. Why? Because your mind and my mind unrenewed isn't safe. I got news for you. Your conscience is the voice of your spirit, probably leaning more towards that than anything else. My conscience, but my conscience isn't safe until I teach myself the word of God. Because until you understand the principles of the word of God, your conscience can compromise levels of integrity because it hasn't been taught the word of God. Because how many of you know God's system is way different than the conscience of, of humanity? You know what I mean? God, your, you may be somebody tell you, well, you know, you need to forgive. God's forgiveness is totally different than human forgiveness. God's love is totally different than human love. So what you start learning and understanding is this, is that I have to reprogram my head, amen? Because look, um, that's good. We could stay right there. You could look at it. One of the things that it says that I like in the Amplified, it says this. It says, it's the dividing line of the breath of the life soul and the immortal spirit. That's why that really reads kind of cool if you see that. You see how it says it's sharper than a two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line. Do you see that? That's really good, right? Dividing line of the breath of life, soul, and the immortal spirit, and of the joints and the deepest parts of your nature. So what, what does that? The word of God. So the word of God can, now this is powerful, so pull this in. The word of God connects, or the word of God shows where you're disconnected. Now the word of God does not disconnect you from, from, from good stuff. It disconnects you from stuff you need to discard. So when the word of God shows up, you might have you know, some weird thinking. It's trying to discard wrong in, in this solar side because your spirit's perfect, you understand? He's getting his info from the Holy Ghost. You know what I mean? You gotta sign off on this stuff. So when the word of God shows up, it's like, no, you can't believe that. You gotta believe this. So it's pulling your spirit man and your soulish man together to manifest what you need. Now, when it shows up, it's a revealer at first for you which way you need to lean. Because if you're thinking sick, you know, broke, messed up, oppressed, depressed, if you're there, 
when that word shows up, it, it basically, for lack of better words, it forces you not to hold on to wrong belief systems, and it uh, may, really gives you the opportunity to get out of a wrong belief system and grab onto a right belief system, but that's why when the word of God shows up, you got to understand that, hey, I got to lose my opinion. A lot of people want to keep their opinion. They want to keep their feel. You can, Listen, man, I said this uh, not too long ago. When the word of God shows up, all the feelings go out the window. When the word of God shows up, all the ideas go out the window. The word of God is cut and dry and simply understood if you are an acceptor. Once you start rejecting the word of God, you have no, no hope for a future, guys, and you got to be careful with that because hope is the anchor of the soul, okay? So pull that in, kind of meditate in it, and understand it because you have to save your soul. Man, we talked about that. Your soul needs to be saved because it needs to be transformed. So let's just go look at Romans 12, 1 and 2 and the King James because most people's souls are conformed to the world, okay? And you got to be careful with that because he said to be transformed, okay? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the what? Good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Now, you got to see that and pull that in. Renewing your mind. Well, you're going to say, well, how do I renew my mind? Well, good question. You renew your mind with the promises and the truth of God's word, okay? Now, the truth needs to renew your mind because this is what you got to see. And I want to show you something here because I, I like this. Um, let's just go here real quick. And I'll go here in a minute. But let me, let me just get there so this way I'm ready for you when we go. And um, okay, so, so let's just talk about this renewing your mind thing for a minute because people don't get this, okay? And if you're not careful, what you do is you go too fast and you lose people, okay? So let's just say this renew mind thing, right? Okay, here we go. The renew your mind thing is this. In the beginning, we were with God. It was me, you, God. We were together in him, okay? When Adam decides to basically destroy mankind with his sin, he commits high treason and brings sin into the earth, man now has a nature that God never wanted him to have, okay? The nature, the life and nature of man was filled with God. When Adam sins, the life and nature of sin has now become internally um, inside man. Now we're all, this is why these terminologies big. We're born in sin. That's why everybody in the earth was born in sin and we have to become born again to get out of the sin we were born in. Okay, does that make sense? Yes. So what are we supposed to do? Well, we get born again. What happens after we get born again? Well, because of the fall of man, amen, what we've all been affected by, we have a default that we have to be careful that we don't lean towards um, because our life in nature was once dead, now we're alive. That's why when you got born again, it was like, whoa, you know, for some of you, it was like, you know, it was, ra like, I remember I got saved. I, I didn't grow up in church, so I got saved. I remember going outside and going, man, these trees look greener than they did yet. I'm serious. Everything looked different. 
It was really wild. Now, don't live off experience. I'm just telling you what happened. Now, if you grew up in God, how in the world would you know the difference? But I, like, literally was lost, got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. I went outside. I was like, holy smoke, man. These trees look greener. This, this place just looks different, man. It was like I was looking through different lenses. I didn't need that to let me understand it. I'm just trying to tell you, man, there's a lot of stuff we're seeing through, a lot of stuff we're thinking, a lot of stuff we're feeling, and a lot of stuff we've been affected by the fall, whether you want to believe it or not, okay? Now, you can reprogram yourself. You're not limited by that. You're not limited by this. But what he says is, that's why I said, and that you may know what is the good, the acceptable, and the will of God. Think about what I just said. If you don't renew your mind to the word, you don't know what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God because you don't know it. So you're like, well, God just wants me to be, you know, messed up. No, he don't. God wants you to have a perfect life. So if you don't fill yourself with that, guess what you think? Well, God wants me to, you know, just suffer on through. No, he wants you to have a blessed life. He came to give me life and life more abundantly. So if I don't have life more abundantly to reprogram my head, I'll live with anything. If I don't have the blessing to reprogram my thinking, I'll live with anything. That Now, can you say this? Pastor Chris, do you think the fall damaged mankind? Without a shadow of a doubt. That's why you have to make sure you renew your mind to the word of God to transform and change your future. Otherwise, you will not you don't grow. That's why people stay carnal, because they do not reprogram their head. Okay, so what, what God saved was your spirit. That's what you got to get. That's why, why are we having a soul summit? My spirit got saved. Nothing happened to my body, and nothing happened to my mind, will, and emotions. Now I have to what? My soul. So I'm training my soul. That's James 1. Saving of the soul through the renewing of the mind, through the engrafted word. Let's go look at it. James 1, 21. We, we, we used it yesterday, but I don't know how much of this stuff we got. And we got time. Is that okay? Lay apart the superfluity of naughtiness, right? And filthiness and receive. Now watch this. Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Now watch this. Your soul's got to get saved. So what transforms your soul? The word of God. Now watch this. You were born again of incorruptible seed. So that seed is the word. So that word that comes out of your spirit, this is really good. Your spirit was reborn by the word of God. That's how you got born again. So you heard the gospel, you believed, you received, you accepted, and that word now has given you life. Now you got to take that word out of your spirit and plant it in your soul through speaking it. See what I'm saying? You speak it into your soul, and now your soul, now you got to hang on. That's where hope comes in because that's where it's planted. But, man, I don't see instant results. Well, who in the world puts a seed in the ground and stands over it and goes, well, I'm just waiting for the harvest right now. There's my harvest. It's coming. No, you, you put it in the ground, you almost forget about it. That's what he's trying to say about seed. He said a guy goes out and plants. He don't know day and night what's going on, but he knows first the blade, then the ear, then the full kernel in the ear. He's not saying to guy, you can't just sit. I put it in the ground today. I'm just going to sit over it. And come, it it's coming. No, it's going to take time. And you don't know when some of these seeds come to fruition, but they are. Amen? Look right here. I love this, right? This is good. So you got that, right? You're pulling that in. Now watch what he says here, okay? Um, go to Hebrews 6. 
Let's just look at Hebrews 6. This is going to help them um, just pull this thing in, um, you know, because I just think if you, don't, if you don't see this stuff, you know, 613 will help them, and then we'll go right on through. Because promises are anchors that allow you. Now watch this. So stay over in there. Now watch this. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself saying, surely I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he patiently endured, he obtained the promise. See right there? He obtained promises through patient endurance. For men swear by the greater confirmation of the oath is and the strife, wherein God, look at this, what? Wherein God willing more abundantly to show the heirs of the promise, the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. So we're the heirs of the promise, Okay? We got the promise seed. It was impossible for God to lie, and we lay refuge to the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entered in the veil, and we see the forerunner, Jesus, was made a high priest after Melchizedek. So he's saying, he's saying, hope, hope, hope is what connects us and anchors us to the promise and to within the veil. What's that mean? So watch this. So hope is like a rope. Okay? You got a, the rope of hope is, that's pretty good. The rope of hope is, is, is found in the spirit. But my soul is over here. So let's just say spirit, soul, body, right? If I can keep my hope connected to that word, I can keep this side of my life stable. Once I start becoming instable in my soul, I guarantee you, you've let go of the hope rope. You really have. Because now you got reason and doubt and unbelief and all this stuff coming in. What do I got to do? I have to train my mind, my will, and my emotions to constantly stay connected to hope, confident expectation that comes from the word of God. Now, here's the deal. Well, why do I get flaky with this stuff? You get flaky because you lose sight of hope. Who, remember Abraham, who against hope believed in hope and called those things that be not as though they were? That's, a, that's Romans 4, 17. We don't have to go there. But he said, faith and grace working together produced a, a belief system in Abraham so that he against hope believed in hope and called those, and God who quickened it the dead. See, Abraham didn't have hope, but he believed in hope anyway, that he would be the father of many nations written according to that which was spoken. You see that? So where do you find that hope from, that word? See, that's where you find hope. You find hope from the word. Now, we're talking about this. Look, look at this. I like this because you've got to realize something. Faith is birth in the spirit and conceived in the soul and manifested in the body. Okay? Faith is birth in the spirit from the word of God. It is conceived in the soul and manifested in the body. Now, I want you to look at Psalm 23. Y'all know this. Psalm 23, 3. Y'all, he says, the Lord restores your soul. Look, he restoreth my soul and leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. He what? He, what do you, why did David say he restored my soul? He was tired. Look at, look at, let's, y'all know it. The Lord is my shepherd. Start with verse one. Let, let just let them, let them see it, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death. Come on. The Lord is my shepherd, 
I shall not want, right? Right, it's on the screen, right? Look at verse two. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still water. Does that sound peaceful? Right, right? And he restores my soul. He gives me rest. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Wait a minute. What do you mean he restores my soul? Why do you got to restore my soul? Because your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions away from God's Stuff can get weak if you're not careful, and you got to have a strong soul to dominate the earth. Okay, now I, I found this tra- translation. It's the uh, it's not the Darby. It's the D. It's the um, DRB. I don't even know if we got that. Doesn't make a difference. He hath. Listen, what he says for Psalm twenty three. He hath converted my soul, hath led me on the paths of justice for his namesake. Converted. I like that. Well, what do I got to convert? What do I got to convert over to? Right? So, you know what I mean? So, like, when you convert something, you're usually taking it from one source. Like, you, know, like you, got, you, ever, you ever see a converter? Right? What does it do? Like, if you got a power, right? Like, this is one thing. Like, whenever we go overseas, you know, you got to have, they got different kind of, they got 220 in the wall. We use 110 or whatever we got, right? So you got to get a converter so you don't blow the thing up, right? So the converter goes in, and then you plug. It's like they got all these goofy. I got this one thing. It's got like 90. It's got every country you can go to and all these gizmos. It's one device, and you stick it in the wall wherever you go. You're in Africa. goes like this. You're in Europe. It's got this. You're over here. It got this. And what does it do? It converts the power over so that you can what? Plug your stuff in and work. How many of you know? He, what? He converts my soul. What is he saying? He's saying, look, he's like, whatever you need me to give you, I'm going to give you the way you need it so you can be strong. And you can, you can, use, you can use my soul strength. Now, um, there's some stuff out there that I think you got to really get before you really understand how important this is. Um, your spirit's perfect, and that's why God always speaks to you in this state God always speaks to you, I'll say it like this, I've never said this before. God always speaks to you in a spiritual state, but he comforts you in your natural state. You understand what I mean by that? So his spiritual state is, he's very direct, he's very precise, because there's no, there's no, um, there's no reasoning in the spirit, but he does, and on the human side, he comforts you in, in a soulish place. He gets it. He understands what you're going through. But he never speaks to you in a soulish space. Now, that's powerful because well, this is a lot of people, man, that's so good. A lot of people are looking for God. To, I'm going to say this. I can almost think about this. This is really cool. God has never really spoken to me in, in a soulish position with soulish responses. God has spoken to me in my soulish position with the word of God. Does that make sense? He never did. Yeah, everything he said was connected to the word of God. So why is that important? You got to realize that some of the answers you're looking for, you're not going to get because you're looking in the wrong place. You're looking in the soul to go, hey, well, I think this. No, he just keeps thinking. And almost the word of God becomes boring because it doesn't answer your soulish desires. So what you do is you become a quick rejecter of this stuff because you don't want to hear it. You know what I mean? It was funny, right? A couple weeks ago, we were doing um, traveling through transition. What's the problem with transition? Is when you're in the middle of it, God stops speaking. And everybody's looking for God to say something, 
and he isn't saying nothing, and then they go, well, why would God leave me out here and not speak to me? He already spoke. So if God spoke, why do you need him to keep speaking? Wouldn't that become annoying if you're on a road trip with somebody, right? And it's like, hey, we're going here. Hey, we're going to Orlando. In the car, you know. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm in the car. We're going to Orlando. Hey, we're going to Orlando. I just want to remind you we're going to Orlando today. Quarter of the way there. I just want you to know today we're going to Orlando. After a while, that'd become annoying. You know what I'm saying? It's like, why trust that you heard and keep walking with God? But here's the thing. After you hear, you got to stay anchored to what you heard. Ooh, you better hear that. After you hear, you got to stay anchored to what you heard. And that's where a lot of people let go and disconnect because they feel like what? Well, maybe I didn't hear. Well, got news for you. You better start working on your mind. Okay? I think people got to work on their mind more than they realize. Your mindful meditation is important. Here, you ready for this? Okay, now this is big. Because um, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God came to give you life and life more abundantly. You know that. Okay? And you know this. Um, the, de- the devil's working overtime to try to mess with you, but here's the thing. Where do you think fear is? Do you think fear is in your spirit? Nope. Now, fear will expect, listen, fear will affect your spirit after it's entered into your soul. It really will. Because fear comes in through the mind. Fear, worry, fret. Now think about this. Fear, worry, fret, doubt, double-mindedness, sick, poverty, Wounds, hurts, unforgiveness, all that stuff come through an undeveloped soul. It's a soul problem, it ain't a spirit problem. He said, I come to give you, what do you say? Now, think about this. But God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. You see what I'm saying? Now, watch this. If I don't develop a sound mind, I'm going to be unsound in my decisions. He gave me a spirit of power. Now, this is big, right? Now, I'm going to show you something here, right? You got to see this, right? Um, how about we say this? Uh, now, y'all know this scripture. You're going to love You're gonna love it, but uh, you're going to like it, but you might get a little bit, you know, like, oh, great. Um, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. You know that. So I got to start developing these things because if I'm not careful – Fear, worry, doubt, unbelief, wounds, hurts, the hits, the blows of life are going to try to come to my mind, my will. Well, what do you hear? Well, prove it to me, Pastor. Well, you know, if God loves you, why you got to go through that? Well, you know, if God's with you, why you got to walk through that, right? Reason starts coming into all these emotional. Well, you know, you shouldn't have to go through. Well, sister so-and-so, she didn't have to go through that. Why do I got to go through that? Brother so-and-so didn't know, right? And now you start getting into reason and you start feeling like, well, what's the matter with me? Why do I have this going on when it don't look like anybody else has got stuff going on? That's why the Bible says it's goofy for you to compare yourself with other people. Just know everybody's going through the same junk and trust somebody with your future. But let's be straight about this. He said, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Everybody in this room, me included, have stepped into a place of fear at least once or twice in your life. Come on. How'd that happen? Well, I got a sound mind. 
Okay, you do, but are you developed in that sound mind? Are you working on that sound mind? Are you overcoming from areas? Well, you know, fear. Okay, well, maybe fear ain't your thing. Oh, well, you know, I don't, I'm not afraid of nothing. Well, you might be, wor why do you worry then? What are you worried about? Well, you know, you got to use, you, you can't just be, you know, you can't, you got to, you know, you can't just be crazy and just do crazy. I'm thinking about, no, you're worrying. You're really worrying. Don't say, like, we try to, we try to cover worry as, like, responsibility. I mean, you got to be responsible. You can't just float around. Nobody's saying float around, but why are you worried about stuff if you've really got sound mind, soul, properly positioned? Because if you're not careful and you don't stay strong, stuff will come in, and now you got worry, fear, anxiety, up, down. Oh, okay. Well, I don't have no worry, and I don't have no fear. Then why are you an emotional, are you happy today? And then two days from now, you look like you're you know, depressed out of your mind. I'm not, not, guys, I'm not lightning stuff. Please understand me. But there's a reason why you're there. You got to build a strong soul. Will and emotions. Listen, I'm going to say something. And I'm going to go out there and you, you can get over it whether you want to like it or not. It's, God's, it's the truth. And you got to be careful how I present the truth to you. But I want you to realize something. Your emotional, your emotional responsibility is not on God. It's on you. If your emotions are up and down every day, you need to start working on it. I'm going to tell you now. If you, people say they do this stuff. They're not doing it. It has to work. This is why don't be sold this bill of goods from people telling you, well, I did that. No, you didn't. If you did it, it would work. That's, stop this. You know what I mean? And I get adamant about it. Now you're saying God's word doesn't work. No, it works if you work it, but you can't do it for the, look, you know why? Because I had to do it, and I did it, and I know what it takes to do it. I had to sit there. One day I was sitting, oh, my God. I told you that story. I'm sitting in Bible school, and the devil's talking to me like I could hear him. He, he sounded like you. And I'm, I'm reading these books, and I wanted to be left alone. I had to face fear in the face. I had to face all this stuff in the face, and I didn't know what was going on. Thank God I had a little bit of sense, I guess, and I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you what it takes to get it done. I'm sitting there, I'm reading a book, and all of a sudden the enemy's like, well, you know, you ain't going to this, blah, 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 whatever it was. I don't even remember what it was. It was so crazy, but it was crazy. You know, I remember being first saved and thought, how in the heaven can I be this saved and have these crazy ideas in my head? Where'd these things come from? I literally thought I, I couldn't be saved thinking the things I was thinking. Where'd that come from? How in the heaven can God be living in me? Because you're not your mind. You got to realize this stuff. You're not your will. You're not your emotions. You understand this? You understand this? This is what's important. So you're like, so you're sitting there as a believer, and you got this, and then the devil, he's working overtime on people, making them feel like, well, how can you be saved having those thoughts? So I was sitting there, and I had this idea, and it hit me, and I was like, oh, God, I'm reading a book. And here it came again. It hit me again. So I got up. I didn't know what to do, so I got up, and I paced the floor. I heard guys say this kind of stuff. I got up, and I told them. I said, and I started quoting Mark 11, 23, and 24. It, I said, whosoever shall say in the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe whatsoever he says. He'll have whatsoever he says. And I bind you, devil. And I, I told the devil what was up. You know what I mean? And I just did what I thought I was supposed to do. I take authority over those thoughts, and I, 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 I cast them down. And you know, I did all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, I, I sat back down. I started reading the book. And what do you think came? 
Here comes this stupid idea. I'm, I ain't two minutes in it. Here it comes again. Boom, hits me in the head. And I said, what in the world is this mess? You know, I thought we dealt with this. And here it comes again. Well, what kind of goofy, crazy, whatever. I don't even remember what it was. And then, I, so I got up. I jumped up on my thing. I said, well, you know, I guess we're going to do this for a while. Right? I jumped up. I said, whosoever shall stand in the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe whatsoever he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. This is what I say. I bind you, devil, in Jesus' mind. And I did this. I did this on and off. On and off. That wasn't the only time I had to renew my mind to the word of God. This works. I didn't feel like it worked. Were you, were you, did you get afraid? Yeah, I got afraid about stuff. I didn't feel like it was working. I'll give you a good one, right? I started ministering, and um, I started ministering and preaching and doing all that stuff. And the couple, first couple of times I started preaching, all of a sudden people started manifesting. You know what I'm saying? I've been doing stuff, and people are manifesting. I said, what in the heaven is this? One time, was at, one time I was at the homeless ministry. I, tell, I ever tell you the story? One time I was at the homeless ministry, and I go praying for people. I'm praying for people. I'm laying hands on people. I lay hands on this guy, and he starts speaking. He starts talking. And I was like, oh, this is good. This guy's talking about it. I lay hands on him. I'm like, well, praise be the Lord. You know, I'm going to pray for you, blah, blah, blah. He said, I'm the spirit of death. And it goes on with all this stuff. And 19, I said, what? I thought the dude was nuts. You know, I'm just being straight. I said, you're the spirit of death. What in the heaven is this? I said, what's up with this guy? And the guy was like, hey, silly, meaning me, that's a devil talking to you through this guy. You need to cast it out. I was like, cast, what do you mean cast out what? What are you talking? I never did this stuff. Cast out what? And I had to pray. Man, this stuff was giving me, giving me like, oh, my God, I don't know what's going to happen next, you know? And I pray for people, and you do so. And I'm thinking, and especially because were you full of confidence? Were you full of, my God in heaven, I was like, what's next? I didn't, want to be, I didn't want to do this. I was like, I don't want to do I just want to go preach these little nice sermons. And everybody, like, I, you know what I mean? I just leave me alone. Why you got to go pray and get people talking about you're the devil and death? And I don't want to hear none of this stuff. I just want to preach the gospel. And this stuff was happening, you know? And I was like, well, I didn't know what to do. Were you a little freaked out? You better believe you're freaked out. You don't know what to do. And you're trying to help people. And I had to renew my mind to authority. I had to renew my mind to dominion. I had to renew my mind to cast out. I had to renew my mind who I was in Christ. See, that's what I'm saying. Everybody, oh, you know, everybody's got a rosy rose. No, they, they see you now. They didn't see you then. That's what I'm saying. So you know what I'm trying to get you to understand is, yeah, you got to renew your mind to truth, and you got to stand your ground to the truth, and you got to stand up to the enemy and tell him it is written. You know, that's what I love about Jesus. You know, if you think about Jesus, and, you know, we're fasting and praying, and I, I just preached this, um, you know, Jesus goes to a time of validation from the Father, and the moment he comes up out of the River Jordan, that's my son, and who I'm well pleased, and its identity is found, and, you know, a powerful moment and a release, and he gets led by the Spirit of God. Now, let me ask you a question. The Spirit of God led him into a place of temptation. Man, that sounds so like an oxymoron thought. Why would the Holy Spirit lead me to a place of temptation? He didn't lead you into temptation. He led you to a place of temptation. Why? Because he's leading you to your promised land. He's leading you to your breakthrough. You think everywhere God takes you is going to be easy? Man, I hope the church can get this. I pray to God you get this. Now you got to renew your mind to this. So Jesus comes up out of Well, that's Jesus. Now look at Joseph and Peter and Paul and you and me. So we're being led by the Spirit of God to places that are uncomfortable sometimes. You better believe it. And he gets there and he says this. He says, and he fasts 40 days and 40 nights. How many say, praise God, 21 days? Thank you, Jesus. 21 days. Hallelujah. 
21 days. This, this guy don't got no food, no water, or nothing. <laughs> Jesus is supernatural, right? 40 days fasting, 40 days and 40 nights. Oh, my God, 21 days is looking better and better, ain't it? He fasts 40 days. Come on, 40 nights he fasts, right? And, and what happens? And it says that he's tempted, and in his weakness state, he's tempted the devil. And man, I thought of something. Jesus had his non-negotiable decisions already firmly fixed internally before the temptation ever showed up. You know what I'm saying? And he, but he know, no, watch this. Jesus has his firmly fixed non-negotiable decisions already decided internally, but he goes to the word of God to biblically resist the enemy. He's God, guys. And not only does he go to the word of God biblically to find his response, he's got a position internally that is renewed, not based upon temptations or the circumstance, but an inward conviction of a renewal process that he obviously had to figure it out that it is written. Now, here's a big thing, too. He didn't allow his soulish desire to override his life. Because let me tell you right here now, all those moves are soulish opportunities that if you do not conquer your soul, he would have compromised his convictions. There's a big one right there. He says, it is written. What? Man shall not live by bread alone. He wanted him to compromise the soul. Now, I'm going to show you something here. Never said this day in my life, but I seen it the other day. So when, when, when Lucifer shows up and tempts Jesus, they're all three temptations are soul, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life. They're all soulish opportunities for Jesus to compromise spirituality and fulfill soulish desires. If you don't have strength in your soul, you will compromise spiritual conviction. And you really will. Because you'll throw integrity out the window, you'll do a bunch of stupid stuff and not even worry about it because you're, 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 you're not being led where you need to be led. And what does he say? It is written. What is written? It is written. Man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Father. How many of you know, I'm starving. Be a great idea to eat something, right? I'm not going to give my soul. Well, your spirit doesn't. Your spirit's cool, but your body is needing. Hey, throw yourself down. It is written. Hey, I'll give you all these kingdoms. It is written. Pride, right? The lust of the eye. The lust, the lust of the flesh. Feed me. The lust of the eye, right? The pride of life, right? You can be all these kingdoms can be yours. No, man. Subduing it. So when you start to renew it, it's going to start battling you to take ground back. But you got to take it by force. Amen? So watch this. I'm telling you this stuff is good, right? You, you, you cannot. Now let, let me read something to you here um, I think is big. Satan, write this down. Satan attacks you through your soul. That's how he got Adam. He came in reason. See, he can't fight you spiritually, so write that down. Satan comes, only way in is through the eye, the ear, and through reason and body. So, you see, spiritually, he can't get in, but he can come mind, will, emotions, and body. 
You feel it? I don't feel good. I don't feel, I feel, no, listen, you got to use sense, but you know what I'm saying. I feel, how many of you felt, how many of you felt wacky something? You're like, where'd that come from? One minute you're good, and I'm telling you, man, you better catch this. How about reason? Oh, my God, something's wrong. I'm freaking out, right? How about your emotions, right? Oh, my God, how many times have your emotions got you in trouble? You know what I'm saying? Come on, right? You're an emotional person, and you're, so where does Satan attack? In the soul, Oh, this is going right. Remember, I told you yesterday, man. We got this hose at the house, you know, and you know we got that. You were doing some projects, and you turn this, you know, you turn that thing, man. You were with me. We turn that thing, and you think, man, this thing's gonna be juicing, right? And all of a sudden, you go there, it's like a dribble. You're like, what's going on, man? I put it on. I know there's water. I go, oh, there's a kink in the hose. So one time, I remember I dekinked it, got a little better. I dekinked it, got a little better. I said, what's going on? And I went out to go around the house. The thing was over there. It was shot out over there. And once I got that kink out, it was flowing free. I said, there you go. That's your soul. Where's your soul blocked up? Where's the kink in your soul? You know what I mean? Well, you know, sometimes I'm walking in the street. No, no, no. You got to get your mind renewed to the word of God. You got to get your emotions controlled by the word of God. I, I feel like punch. Ah! No, let love constrain you. You can't just act a nut, like a nitwit out there. Well, it got the best of me. You can't allow it. You got to start. You, what do I got to do with my mind? I got to renew it to the word of God. What do I got to do with my will? You don't get what you want. You get what I give you. Oh, you don't see, Chris, I don't know what Bible you're reading. Paul said, I beat my body. I put it in its objection. I don't let it do what it wants to do. He said, your members are what? All your members are not your own. You belong to God. He said, do right things with your members, members of righteousness or members of unright. What's he talking about? He's talking about your will. He's talking about you can't just go do what you want to go do. Pastor Chris, now watch. Somebody said, Pastor Chris, you know, you're trying to be all cute and cool. No, the reason why I subject my will is for the job. I don't even have things I do because I know I'm not doing it to even start with because guess what? It doesn't produce the witness I want to produce for you. So you say, you're different. No, I got a controlled will. That's why the devil, let me tell you, man, <laughs> some people think you're crazy. Well, you know, you got to give up something. No, you don't realize what you get. Pastor Chris, do you have problems now that you had in the beginning? Not a one. Because that's why you take the ground you take. Because I don't want to give no gaps. Because once you start giving gaps, I got I to gotta fight things I don't want to fight. So I'm just going to live strong and on top and not worry about that stuff. And that's why you take that ground and you don't let your flesh tell you what's up. See what I'm saying? This is why you're working on this stuff. Because you ain't what you used to be, and you're getting a whole lot better than you've been. And next year, you're going to you blow it out of water, and then you're going to develop this stuff over years. I've been doing this 20-some-odd years, whatever it is, man. 94, do the math. You know, right? So I'm like, come on, see it? I'm a little bit ahead over here going, you can do it, but this is how you do it. I'm not, pre well, you know, you just telling. No, I'm living it, and I want you to get there, renew this mind. Your emotions? Can you imagine if you lived like an emotional Christian? Oh, my God, dude. God be God today. Tomorrow he's not God. Today you can, there's a heaven. Tomorrow you don't know there's a heaven because you're going through. But this is what I say. You can't yo-yo. You are not allowed to emotionally have. Man, I'm not allowed to. 
this is where you got to get to. You're not allowed to think what you want to think. You're not allowed to feel what you want to feel. You're not allowed to respond the way you want to respond. And you're not allowed to do what you want to do. Welcome to a life that is called surrender. That's Christ. But see, when you start talking like that, it was like, well, you know, that's religion. That ain't a religion. That's relationship. So why? Because an untrained soul is the biggest problem we have. So you really got to do. You got to train your soul. Soul train. Woo. Come on, man. Train your soul to honor things of God. Soul alignment has been the key problem for mankind. Now, I want you to look at this scripture, okay? We're going to look at it in the King James. Galatians 2.20. Now, you, you're going to like this, okay? And I'm almost wrapping this up, so stay with me. Thank you for sharing, too. Hopefully, you shared by now. I should have told you that earlier, but come on, right? Praise be to God. I am, you know this one. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, put it into passion. Let's read 19 and 20. Now, you got to read this. Stop what you're doing. Don't be moving around. Sit still. I'm almost done. But because the Messiah lives in me, I now died to the law's dominion over me so that I can live for God. See that? He said, I'm, I'm free and ready to go. My old identity, who I used to be, my old thinking, your identity is not just a picture of how you see yourself, the old thinking, the old reasoning. The, my old identity, everything that used to encompass who I was, has been crucified, co-crucified. You know what that means? That means when he got crucified, you got crucified. Well, I wasn't there. That's why it's called born again. You're not born in your body. You're born into his body, and his body went to the cross. I was co-crucified with the Messiah and no longer lives. My old identity no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. Now, you got to wrap your head around that. Now, why? Now the essence of this new life no longer is mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as what? One. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. Now watch this. The life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me. My new life is empowered by faith. Well, what's faith? Brand new beliefs. See what I'm saying? So the reprogramming of the soul is on you. So let me tell you, how do we start this? Romans 12, 1. Knowing what is the good, the acceptable. If you don't know, renew your mind to the perfect will of God, you're going to live an acceptable life. You're going to only live a good life. You're going to live a ho-ho-home life. You ain't going to be living no perfect life. But you can. Because what did God, well, you know, I don't know if that's for me. Why, why not? You see what I'm saying? If you don't know your right identity, your soul's going to give you a wrong one. Oh, you better write that down, man. If you, did you hear that? 
If you don't know your right identity, your soul is going to give you a wrong one. Yeah, well, God doesn't want you to have reasons. Gonna, man, you know what? I had to train myself. I am in the process of training myself to become what God wants me to become. Well, you know, God doesn't want you to have that much wealth. Yes, he does. Well, God doesn't want you know, you can live with a little bit of pain. No, you can't. Oh, you can live with a halfway marriage. No, you don't want to and don't have to. Why would he give? Oh, God came to give you a ho-ho life. God came to, well, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God came to give you a ding-dong life. No, he came to give you a life more abundant, more abundant than you think, more abundant than you see, more abundant than you feel. And I got news for you, more abundant than you even wanted to know. If I said to you, here's a piece of paper, you draw out the life that you want to live, God would rip it up and say, I got a better one for you. And you over there living in status quo Christianity because you don't want to renew your mind. Come on, man. Renew your mind. Fight the fight of faith and get this thing. Because if you don't know your right identity, your soul is going to give you the wrong one. You got to train your soul for victory. You like that? You got to, don't get an, don't get an identity crisis. It'll mess up your soul. Man, I'm telling you, right? Ain't that good? I'll give you, I'll give you one more. I'll let you go because I don't want to keep you all day because, you know, you be getting all like, ooh, you be getting like, you be getting silly. This is, I, I, I've been liking this scripture. Go to Psalm 142.2. Psalm 142.2, we're going to read all the way 2 through 7. I'm going to let you go. That's like an hour, you know, teaching stuff. And, you know, you guys had some time. And I want to say this. Now, why, now you got to pull this in now because you got to be careful. Now, why does he explain like this what's going on? Now, we're going to read this psalm, and, you know, David's writing these psalms to help us understand something. What's this? I poured out my complaint. Ooh. Right? I poured out my complaint before him. I, I poured out my complaint before him. I, I showed before him my trouble. My, my spirit was overwhelmed within me. Then thou knowest my path. My spirit was what? Overwhelmed within me. In the way wherein I have walked, I have what? Privily laid I have walked, have they privily laid a snare for me? I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord, right? Empty. I'm in the earth trying to find help. Can't find no help. Nobody can help me. I feel like my soul is messed up. I'm, I'm pressing through. He said, like no man could care for my soul. I cried on the Lord and I said, you are my refuge and my portion, the land of the living. Attend to my cry. I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors for they are stronger than I. Watch seven. Bring my soul out of prison. Jesus. That I may praise thy name. Well, man, what happens if my soul's in prison? Thy righteous shall compass me about. Thou shalt deal bountifully with me. He said, what? He said, bring your soul. My prison, my soul can get in prison. You know that? Your mind, that's what strongholds do. They put your mind in prison, a stronghold. 
Casting down strongholds, imagination, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. Bringing into captivity everything. That's 1 Corinthians 10. For the what, just flesh and blood, there's spiritual principalities and powers. Right? Strongholds against the mind. Trying to put me in prison. Put you in prison? What do you mean in prison? Put a, put a cell around you so you don't have the right thinking. You don't have the right feeling. You don't have the right will. Trying to build, I can't get out of this. My will cannot, conforming my will. That's the problem. Until you surrender your will. You know, Jesus gives you a principle of that in the garden. You know? He said, not my will, but thine will be done. Until you surrender your will, you don't get help from heaven. You know, well, I tried. Exactly. You try, it don't work. You don't try nothing with the kingdom. You got to just do it. Don't worry about what it takes to do it. Don't worry about the price of it. It's better for you on the other side. Just do it. If I don't think I can, you can. God will give you the grace for it. Just do it. How do I get my soul out of prison? Well, I got to what? I got to break myself out of that thing. Because here's what happened. My thinking can get in prison. My will can get in prison. Why? It gets trapped. Because my soul becomes overwhelmed. That's what he said. He said, my, my soul's overwhelmed. I can't even praise you. Can't praise God. Yeah, you can't praise God because your, your emotions are so broken and your mind so scrambled right now. So that, and you're, this is what happens is if you're not careful and you don't build a strong soul, you can't do effective things in the spirit. But if you could start building your soulless strength, you could allow what spiritually. So remember, we got to open that valve. We got to allow what's happened to us spiritually to flow into our mind. You have the mind of Christ. You can have the mind of Christ. You are no more conformed, but you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. See it? You got to let it come through. And how do we let it come through? We let it come through with the word. Remember what we read? Word of God is quick and powerful. It puts it together. That same seed that gave you the new birth experience is the same seed you plant in your soul that connection connects. And once that takes place, you start to transform in glory. That's what Jesus did on the Mount of Transfiguration. The glory of God came out of him. He showed himself. Why? Because the glory that was in his spirit went through his soul and into his body and manifested in the earth. Hands down, that's what we do. Jesus ain't no different than you. He just got a head start, that's all. I know that sounds really sacrilegious or whatever they want to say, but I don't really care. He's a man filled with God. You're men and women filled with God. You got the same problems. He got the same opportunities, and he can show you how to do it. But here's one of the big stuff. You have to do this. Now, I, I think one of the greatest things you and I can start doing is start understanding um, God wants you to be strengthened in your inner man. Look at, look, look at this last scripture. Look at Ephesians 3.16. Man, this is important. You know, these are these Ephesian prayers. And, uh, you know, I've been, I've been really kind of stirred about praying these Ephesian prayers. You know, Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3 starts talking about you being filled with, with the spirit of love. You know what I mean? And strength. And that he would grant me according to the riches of the glory to be strengthened with might in his spirit in my inner man. That's a strong inner man. That's the real spiritual you. Strong. Right? That he would grant me according to riches of glory to be strengthened with his might by his spirit in my inner man. You got to start building inner man strength to dominate the earth. Now, I think this is big. That Christ may dwell in my heart by faith that I am rooted and grounded in love 
and I could comprehend everything I need to understand. So here's what we're going to start working on this year, and you're going to hear more about this. We're going to start working on the renewing of the mind. This is why. Why is the app important? Because you're renewing your mind. Why is the app important? You're confessing the word of God. Why is the five minutes with PC important? Because you're building your spirit. The stronger your spirit becomes, now you got to understand this, your spirit connects with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit gives you utterance, and then you kind of do this. Well, my spirit connects with the Holy Spirit, and then we look to see. Now, here's the problem. If we get blockage in the soul, we can't manifest the stuff in the body. So he's a re rejection is found in the arena of the soul. Remember that. Unbelief is found in the arena of the soul. So your intellect can't figure, how are we going to do you have to renew this thing to be pliable, understandable, submissive. Yeah, you do. Because what's the first thing you think about? Sometimes I'm preaching. You're, you're resisting. Where's that in the soul? Your spirit's ready to go, but your mind says, ah, you know what that's going to take? Oh, uh, you know. No. You have to start understanding this. I'm leaving you with this. You have to start understanding this. Without a shadow of a doubt, starting now, I got to start renewing my mind with the word of God about what it needs to hear. So I got to start renewing my mind. Where'd that thought come from? You, you know, you, let's look at it because it's important. Go to 1 Corinthians 10.3 and then we're done. Because you need to see this because I get going on this stuff. I can go all day, but I want you to see this, right? So I got to tell my mind my will. Because this, this battle's not, this battle's not, um, it's not natural, man. 1 Corinthians 10.3 says, you know this, but I need you to really kind of pull this in because one of the things you understand when you get here, and you know what I mean? I think it's important. And um, yeah, what do we got there? What did I say? Yeah, let me see what I got here. This might be 2 Corinthians. What did I say? Was that your 1 Corinthians? Look over here. This is important because I think, um, I think this is so good that we get this thing. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 10. I said 1 Corinthians? Yeah, second. did I say 2? Was it me or you? Yeah, I might have messed up. All right, 2 Corinthians 3. For we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. See it? Yeah. For the weapons, now watch this. For the weapons of our warfare, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Now, see, here's what he's trying to tell you. Now watch, right? For this battle is not flesh, but for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Now, the carnal is in the spirit are fighting all day long. That's what the Bible says. They pound them one day. They do this. They conflict. So your spirit wants to go one way. Your flesh like, I don't want to do none of that. Fasting showed you that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to do this. And your spirit's like, well, I don't know, man, whatever. You learn. But mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. Now, what's those strongholds? Remember we talked about them? Prisons. It's a fortress. Some of the words about that is what? It's a castle in your head holding you prisoner. It's like a jail cell. Yeah, let's go back. Go back. Let them sit there for a minute. You got to see this. Remember I just you said this? I said, he said what? He said, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. So there's a, there's a carnal warfare, a flesh fight with the spirit. They're banging against one another. Flesh and spirit fighting every day. Your flesh wants to do what it wants to do. Your spirit wants to do what it needs to do. And now all of a sudden we got a battle. Who wins? Whoever wins you submit to. That's all. But mighty through God. Pulling down what? Strongholds. What's a stronghold? It's a fortress in your mind. Well, how, what, is it, it's a prison. 
How did, how did my soul get in prison? Wrong ideas, wrong emotions, wrong will. I got to confirm it. Now watch what he says. This is good. Cast down imaginations. What do you mean cast down imaginations? Wrong will pictures, life pictures, mind pictures, wrong pictures. And every high thing... What's a high thing? Something that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Wrong ideas, wrong suggestions, wrong images, wrong thoughts, wrong, everything anti-Christ. And bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now here you go. Can I feel, am I allowed to feel that? Bring it into captivity, am I allowed to think that? Am I allowed to go there? Am I allowed to say that? Am I allowed to hear that? Am I allowed to think that? Am I allowed to do that? Am I allowed? To, am I allowed? Am I, oh, here you go. Nobody wants to hear this. Bring in an obedience to Christ. And watch this. Keep going. Here's the fun. And every thought that doesn't line up, discipline it. Every emotion that doesn't line up with what you're supposed to feel, discipline it. Every will desire that's not lining up with what you're supposed to willfully believe, discipline it. Every mind, discipline it. And bring it into the, and then when your obedience is fulfilled, freedom. Now watch this. And having a readiness, right, do not look on things on the outward appearance. If any man, right, and having a readiness, your obedience is fulfilled. Look what it says, though. Keep going. Do you look on things after the outward appearance? Everything looks great on the outward appearance. If any man trusts himself that he's in Christ, let he himself think again that he is Christ, even so we are Christ. What is he saying? He's saying, don't just look on the outside, think everything's rosy. You don't know what people are going through. Everybody's going through this stuff. Everybody's going through it, just at different levels. Now, why I say that was this, I don't want to like make everybody, well, you know, that's a downer. No, it's not a downer. It's an, don't look on the outward appearance. Like, you look like you got it together. You don't know what anybody's mind dealing with. You don't know what anybody's mind battles with. He went on to say, Apostle Paul goes on to say, he goes, my God in heaven, he goes, you know what we had to go through? He said, we didn't go through stuff. He, he almost becomes comical when he starts talking about it. He said, oh, because we, we don't know what it's like because you guys do. He was almost being sarcastic, you know? Listen, here's the deal. I got to tell my mind what to think. I got to tell my emotions what to feel. And I got to tell my will how far it can go. Once you start building those safeguards and conforming the soul and transforming it, you are going to transform your life forever. And this is what I'm going to say, guys. If you cannot get soul control, you're not going to have spiritual opportunity to go greater because that's the problem. It rejects. And you have to get a level where the inside goes, okay, I'm going to yield and allow it to flow. And once you get spiritual movement transforming your soul, we're going to see it manifest in your body. And that's when your life's going to take on. So keep renewing your mind. Keep moving in these spiritual things. Keep allowing your emotions to be conformed to the word of God, the truth of God, and allow yourself to take a brand new spiritual step towards transforming your life. It's up to you. What are you gonna do? So start putting the work in to discipline these things. And the more you do it, the more you're gonna start saying, man, God is really settling my life, complete, entire, whole, wanting nothing, and bringing future success into my life. 
and your family. I promise you he's doing that. Amen? Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you for each and every person at the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord, that you're helping them in the arena of the mind. You're helping them in the arena of their will. And you're helping them in the arena of their emotions. You're giving them the spiritual strength, the spiritual fortitude to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I thank you, Father, for the renewing of the soul to allow the transformation of God to take place in their life. Father, I thank you that every second we sow towards spiritual things is never wasted. Even though we don't see the development of the fruit, we know we're growing spiritual fruit that will last forever. Thank you for blessing them, and thank you for keeping them. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Well, praise the Lord, guys. I'm glad you're with us. Don't forget, Sunday is breakthrough Sunday. That's right. We've prayed. We fast. We're getting ready to give our best. And we promise you, this is going to be a powerful breakthrough service. I was, I was stirred up just even getting ready to prepare for it. I got pumped. How many you know breakthrough is waiting for you? Amen. So remember, this week, if you haven't prepared, your prayer requests are in. We prayed. We fast. We're seeking God. Stand strong. Couple of days. Amen. And then come ready to sow your best seed to God. And we are going to see our financial future change. We're going to see our family's future change. We're going to see our future change. And we're going to see so many loved ones saved and brought into the kingdom of heaven. That's what we've been praying about. I've been confirming um, and seeing results of what we prayed already because God is doing it. He's moving already. Can you imagine? We're finishing out a couple more days and Sunday morning, 9 and 1030, we are going to come in the house of the Lord and rejoice about everything God has done. It's going to be a supernatural time. I want you to be here. And if you can't be here, watch live online, relevantfl.org. I love you. You're doing great. Keep up the good work. We're praying for you. And I'm going to see you Sunday for a breakthrough. Love you. And I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.